Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rainbow. Few albums build an entirely fresh and distinct musical universe quite like Shrapnel's Metal Lung does. Within seconds of this record beginning with those powerful drums on the intro that just punch you in the face, the duo of Prem Rock and Curly Castro bring us on a 40 plus minute journey that does not let up, featuring a combination of A1 lyricism and production that is wildly psychedelic and wildly atmospheric. Coming off the heels of two great solo albums respectively, and the debut Shrapnel record that was great in its own right, my expectations couldn't have been higher. Which is why, one, I am very happy to say that these expectations were blown absolutely out of the water, but two, and most importantly for today, the dynamic duo of Curly Castro and Premrock are here to deep dive into the creation of Metal Lung in the third installment of the Album Alchemy series. Listen on to hear how one of the absolute best albums of 2022 was conceived. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, This is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What is up, Shrapnel? How are you guys doing, man? Good, good, good. What's going on? Can't complain. You know what I'm saying? Had that run. Been a pretty crazy year for, for you guys. To say the least is kind of an understatement. I know we've both... I've been able to speak to you guys individually on the show, which I've been very blessed with, and I'm really happy to have another go at it with you guys as a group. Consider this apex predator, Mike Tyson, the middle of the ring, set it up in the words of the great portal, Megala, wetsuit, stitch, John Wick, parabellum cut, shrapnel, Hanzo, blade, so luxurious, diamonds from the snacks, all said they were spurious, Tyrone, race car, couldn't park, serious, Aria was faceless, ran into Namiria, point blank, period, fat boy, delirious, boys in your hood, single tit, stop, furious. Metal Lung just dropped, which has, I found, I found the reception has been like nothing short of like spectacular. Like everybody's pretty blown away, which I think is as much as you could ask for. You guys got the, the wax out. I hope that's selling out. You guys actually, as like a, a Sedale Threat Wax also went out, that sold out on the first day, oh, yeah. right? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, crazy, nice. man. Congrats on that. Really? Um, yeah, thank you. But before we really get into any of the great music to be found on Metal Lung, which is the purpose of this conversation today, I think we need to start with the fact that this album may have never even really happened in the first place since the, the health situation that uh, you, Castro, had to deal with. So I want to start there because, like, could you could you walk us through how this, I guess you could say, road to recovery felt or has felt and Really, if you ever thought you'd be able to make music again, let alone something as good as Metal Lung? Well, you know, I'll be transparent. Um, Metal Lung coming out more so had to do with 
whether it was even important anymore for us to release music because I was in such a dire condition. I also will say like, I'm not recovered. I can't, I'm not gonna lie to people. Like I'm not recovered. I'm just, I just, um, me and my doctors have found a way for me to deal with my condition as I live the rest of my life, my natural life. So there's always that. So, but like, sometimes my, my, my some of the great doctors that worked on me and some of the great rehab people, they always say like, you have to give yourself some type of grace. So sometimes when you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm still not feeling that well, or this is wrong and this still hurts or whatever. You try to think back to a point of where you were at. And, um, and Prem knew this because he came and visited me. There was a time where I couldn't walk. There was a time I was in a hospital bed. There was times I was in wheelchairs. Um, there were times when I could do like two steps that day and that's it. So to look at how far I come, I, I can walk up to my apartment now. You know what I mean? I can um, I can get up and go to New York and see my friend now. Some things that were not possible or even feasible at certain times. So metal lung was almost like a revelation in the sense that like, was it even important to you do this record or finish it or whatever? Like our priorities had mine specifically and then in turn friends like they had flipped around they had changed like what was important before really wasn't anymore we were just trying to keep me um alive pretty much i'm, I'm not gonna mince words i was very um i came really close to facing my own mortality you know pissing blood and shit like that like it, it got bad um but i'm doing a lot better but i'm always in a constant state of treatment i just have to be honest about that well i mean first off like I can speak for a lot of people in the community. Like we are very happy to see you at least like feeling better. I know it's not recovered as you said, but just feeling better. Like that, that's beautiful. Seeing the outpouring of support when the whole fundraiser, uh, I don't remember exactly when that was, but it was a few months ago. That was like just very heartwarming just as an outsider to witness. So, you know, just, just hats off to you for your, your kind of strength that you've shown and, uh, yeah, and I, I look, really I appreciate that. that that support because, like, even Prem knows I did not want to ask anybody for anything, but we knew that I, you know, I'm facing a certain situation. I can't really work anymore, not in the yeah. traditional sense. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very helpful, and very much kept me and my spirits up. Um, just you know, just knowing that that many people cared, or the fans cared more, and like people didn't care about what what your next CD. They cared about you know you're gonna be all right, and that was really heartwarming, and that helped a lot. And and I wonder, like, did did the fact that this happened impact uh, impact the creation of Metal Lung in the sense that I, I guess maybe the music didn't feel like, I don't know how you guys create music and how that really feels, but I feel like there's a certain amount of, you know, I am an artist. I being you guys are an artist. I make music. So you kind of just know you're making music, but did this feel like more intentional because there was just like such a clear, more important thing to life, which is like your health and just the fact that you're like walking today did it kind of change your mentality to this record at all? Make it feel more pure, like more like truly what you wanted to do because you kind of recognized there were some more important things in life? Um, well, I mean, me personally, my whole life obviously is different and changed and there's nothing that's insignificant anymore. So like, you know, the sound of raindrops, uh, I saved the, oh, I saved the ladybug from drowning in my uh, cat's dish the other day. Woo! Upside down. And I've been That's on a mission. No, and I've been on a mission because some flies got in here because I had some screen doors open. So I've been I have sprays and tape. And so I've been on a mission. So anything that's kind of flying and crawling around, I've been like murdering. But I noticed this one. I look close. Oh, wait, that's a ladybug. And toss it out the window. Hopefully she's doing all right. 
so you know things are not as insignificant anymore i'm, I'm very um appreciative of my friendships um they mean a lot to me um but as far as like being intense i don't know i want to let prem answer that because i mean we made the record before i got sick okay okay so um, yeah yeah but prem good yeah i mean uh finishing the album became obviously like really insignificant in the grand scheme of things you know i didn't i no longer thought about like schedules or, or, or these final like tidbits we had to do or you know the record wasn't done done by any stretch but it was like the majority parts were um pretty much everything i mean at least had been recorded in one way or another as you know it but um you know there was no like uh mixing or uh any of the fine tuning and a couple guest verses hadn't been placed in and things like that you know the, the minutiae to make a record go from good to, to great had not been even thought about and then it all definitely went to the to the back burner but uh yeah i mean you know, there's long-winded, uh, grandiose statements about not taking life for granted on my end after watching this happen. But you don't even really think of it that way. It's just like you just hope that he's gonna he's gonna make it through. And mm -hmm. when when situations are that dire, when you go from, I mean, a literal phone call with Woods talking about dates, uh, to that same night, we find out this all this you know. All these, all these uh, very real uh, things are happening with his health. It's yeah, it's I don't really know how to put it in words. It's like everything shifts, and and this guy, you know, the first thing he's is he's apologizing. We're not going to make these shows now. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it was like, what, what, what are we? What are we, what are we, what are we it was going to be like it was like my when you go on tour, it's always like this anticipation of going to places you've never been. And so Canada was one of those places, especially not in performing capacity. And so I'm first thinking, nearly when I got sick, because I, um, so what ended up happening, I broke my leg day after Christmas. And that's what set off, um, I had to go to the emergency room, or ambulance and all this shit. And that's what set off them figuring out what was wrong with me. Um, but I'm calling Prim. I think I called you that night. It was late though. And uh, well, I no, called you that no, next no, morning. No. What happened was we were on we were on a three a three person call with Woods talking about uh, the the shows that ended up that I ended up doing with Kills Row yes. where I ended up meeting you in yeah. Toronto. We're talking about those shows and, and specifics and all that. And then I thought he was going to the hospital for another like uh, to check out his situation going on with his back. And I yeah. saw his IG and his IG story was him in the ER. And I just talked to him like five hours prior. So then I, I go, how'd it go? And then I, I just assumed he was going for some back situation and check it out what's going on with his back. And he's like, I'm calling you right now. And he called me and told me everything and and, and the possibilities of the the prognosis and all this different stuff. And 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 in the, the meantime, he's in the world of pain. And uh, it was just a lot, uh, quite the pivot to experience, you know? And uh, yeah, that was a whirlwind, man, mm -hmm. shit. I mean, like, speaking of, like, your friendship, I think even though I'm sure, you know, many rapper duos along the years featured artists that actually liked each other on a personal level. It wasn't just transactional. We're making music together, although there have been some of those in the past. But I think it's safe to say that you guys are actually very close as friends and have many shared interests and all that. So how do you feel your close bond influences the music you create as shrapnel? 
the fact that you guys are actually real friends. So first off, with our friendship in our music, it's first his solo career. So I hope people can follow me the way I explain. I'm very, very defensive of Prem Rock and his career and people's opinions about it. Like I have had instances where he's had to tell me to calm down about somebody who said something not nice about it. <laughs> And, yeah, and it's just because sure. I, I just it's I hold it in such high reverence. I know what y'all are gonna get, I know what y'all are gonna miss, and I know what an experience being a fan of his is. I don't want anybody to miss out on that by being stupid and letting other things get in their way. Like, and I'll say, like, we've been running into these weird Aesop rock comparisons and stuff, and I'm just feeling like, mm. look, y'all are short changing yourselves by trying to find a hole in my man's game. It's not there. So because that, because I'm I'm like that with his solo career, I have ultimate confidence that I can fall into a sense of comfort when it's something we're doing our duo. I don't have to worry about a damn thing that comes from this man on his end. And that makes you kind of stick your chest out. Like I'm Mario Chalmers playing with LeBron. What? I can talk. You know, I'm, I'm in the strip club too. You know what I'm saying? And so that's how I feel. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Mario Chalmers, though, man. That that's <laughs> I don't know if that's man. fair. Call, I don't know. Maybe D Wade, D Wade, and this LeBron. is D. This is D. This is D yeah. Wade being humble over here, man. That's, oh man, what's going on here? Yeah, but he's not, he's not lying about me talking him off, calling him off, calling off the dogs with this guy over here. I'm like, he didn't mean that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so but I, so, I I appreciate it. It's it's. So because it's I basically believe in this man, our friendship then that allows me to, um, to to reach my highest potential when we're doing because I don't because half of it I don't have to worry about. You got mm. And I feel like the 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 friendship here shows up also in like the subject matter because even like the references, I love how consistent they kind of flow between you guys. Because for instance, for instance, you guys both really love basketball, so it shows up really consistently in like little clever references and i just find that's really cool and you can tell that you guys both fuck with with ball like that which uh and yeah, we try to tell yeah. people like wrecking crew is like we're friends we just happen to make music with each other like this it's pretty secondary and tertiary to be honest you know what i'm saying mm. so you know just naturally friends like we can talk on the phone two hours about nas same way we could talk two hours about the memphis grizzlies when they were very cool you know I mean, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, true. No, right. Yeah, no, you did it right. And it's also like uh, relative to writing and, you know, you're trying to you're trying to throw Easter eggs out there for your boy, too, you know, and, and for the listener and also for, you know, we give each other nods and, and here and there. And if you, it's an interesting way to, like, create art, you know, and I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy it way more than I do, like uh paid or whatever or or like curated team ups where you're like this is going to make sense those those things are important to making art for sure uh but this is like it's just better it feels mm. better it feels uh and i think you can hear it you know yeah for sure and since the debut shrapnel record in 2020 you both have dropped very very good very highly acclaimed solo records and what I find interesting is that although I surely see like elements and vibes from those solo records in the, the new Metal Long album, this one does feel like it's distinct beast. It feels very much like its own thing. So my question is like, how does, like one question is, how does your mentality change or like the way you create music change when you're as a group versus making your solo records? And then the second part is, 
how did the release of those last solo albums strengthen this sequel, uh, Shrapnel Record? Well, um, <clears throat> like the strength of Shrapnel is, our, you know, our divergent styles that people like hearing together. So you have to, that's the macro view of it. You take the macro, that's the micro view, excuse me. You take the macro view of it, me and him have totally different ways of approaching solo records because we're different artists. Like we're, we, you know, yeah. we do these great com combinations and combo moves and stuff, but we also are solo artists at heart. And so when I was doing um, Little Robert Hutton, I had a specific mission on hand um, and I was trying to get that out, but um, scrap that. I sometimes to, to complete that mission, I needed features. Like I had songs with ideas of people on them before I even started writing my, my blade. Prem distinctly does goes the opposite way. He's gonna have just his own voice on a lot of his own tracks. If he does feature people, they're just doing hooks or atmosphere, a little, a little confetti here and there and stuff. So that approach right there just gonna show you that when we do solo stuff, it's gonna be inherently different. You know what I'm saying? The same mm -hmm. way that which I like about Shrapnel, how we come with different styles, but similar. Our solo work is always going to be different, but similar. And if, you know, now that, now that all, everything is out, like, um, Prem will tell you, I wanted to drop our solo records on the same day because they're kind of companion pieces. Now that you, if you listen to them now next to each mm -hmm. other. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would say, right. I write from a totally different place when I write with Shabnall than when I do solo. Solo, while we get emotional and you know, places of vulnerability, I think it's way more comment, critique, response, reaction when I do shrapnel than when it's solo. I do a lot more introspection. I do a lot more, uh, uh, I go to places that I don't necessarily want to live for too long um, to write from. And so when I do that solo, it's a, I feel like, I, I feel like the same artist, but I don't feel the same at the same time, you know what I mean? I don't, and the same with the Sedale threat, that's an entirely different chamber of like where I wanna be uh, mentally. And with Shrapnel, it becomes a, a really easy place for me to live, honestly, because first of all, like, no matter what rappers tell you, being in a duo is easier. <laughs> it's like half the work, you know? It is, like straight right down, down the middle. You could, uh, you, there's a reason why you could churn out, you know, more more records as a duo than you can as a solo artist and and when we put our work in the solo albums uh, that that takes a lot that takes a lot from us it takes a whole piece of us you know we're not the type of people to put out four projects a year that is as just us we we collaborate well so you will see a lot of us but a lot from us but not solo work so with shrapnel uh i i just think that it becomes uh, the writing becomes so much more of a collaborative process where i can like go off his energy and go off mine or he can bounce back this or he could be like you know what here's mine heard yours maybe i'll tight maybe i'll tighten this part and rewrite this and or maybe i'll rewrite it on the other side um it's like it just it's just almost different it's almost like a totally different work form totally of art to me totally mm -hmm. different but yeah you know yeah, like when we're, when we're forging swords it's totally different in our individual process way. is different yeah the process is way different like i i, I probably even write in a different room you know i'm, I'm not even joking yeah. like I, yeah. I i probably even go to a different space in my own apartment and uh, or maybe i leave the house I definitely go know? to I, I write a lot of shrapnel like and, and everybody that knows me knows this i don't stay up late i'll go to sleep yeah and so but i end up writing a lot of shrapnel stuff like in the dead of night three four in the morning when we did the oh, first yeah. record we did a lot of creation from four to six in the morning a lot yeah. like you know so 
that definitely takes place. And I'm with Prem. I'll write in different space. I definitely will go in a different headspace when I'm when I'm when uh when I'm doing my solo projects. I will give myself a little more grace. I'll give myself a lot more time to complete something. Like I can put songs down and pick them up later. With shrapnel, there's always some senses of urgency. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Me and him, we're working on another record right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Like, not gonna stop. Which, but, uh, but, and the funny thing is I'm that taking a, I'm about. taking a few days off before I even like, crack off. Off. <laughs> I'm my blaze back. I'm back at the grindstone with it. And um yeah. And that will have a sense, different sense of urgency than you know solo projects or the things I'm working on outside. Yep, yep, 100%. Double barrel with that Lewis Carroll. These kaleidoscope eyes look at your own pair. One pillow make you larger, the other make you smaller. Other pill ain't got no chill. Start a kick for a martyr. Feed your head, head, feed your head. Watch a needle thread. Mushroom tear could be the adrenal gland. Tweedledee and Red Queen shoot that beanie seagull glance. You cosplay as Regal, but we can see your upheaval plan. Don't catch a spray. It's Margaret Thatcher Day. Your eulogy was on the fence, but since that passed away. In addition to Metal Lung, you know, feeling distinct from your solo discog, it also feels like a wildly new iteration of Shrapnel, of the sound of Shrapnel, even in just comparison with the debut record that came out in 2020. And I think it was, I believe it was Zilla Rocca on Twitter who made a comparison that I really found interesting, which was basically along the lines of Metal Lung was similar to another great rap duo second album and Run the Jewels 2 in that it saw a duo solidify their like distinct identity for what the experience of that duo's music will be. And I feel like I couldn't agree with that more. Um, so if at all, did it feel more easy or I guess effective may not be the right word, but just more fruitful of a collaboration now that you were doing round two of it? And what did this second run at creating as Shrapnel bring to the final product that was Metal Lung? There was way more um, purpose. There's a lot more purpose in our work. When we first started, it was very experimental. You know what I mean? We would um, we would we would Jesse and Walt in the um, in the RV without the gunshots without the gunshots in the, in the door. You know what I'm saying? We were trying out chemicals. We were, we were um, making mistakes. We were, we were coming up with some. You know, I always like to have some ugly mistakes or some fantastical uh, missteps that come out to be beautiful music in the end. And this record is like we know what we're gonna do. We're we're working with Vominance Pets. We you know we we <laughs> we have the mobile lab now and shit like that. Like it's just it's very much more purposeful. The short the sword is very much more sharp and we're more comfortable with each other. But it's funny because the irony is me and Prem we tell people now, especially in recent interviews, we've been working with each other like collaborating like for ten years. Yeah. So like it's not anything new for us to work on. Like sometimes I'm the only feature on Prem project sometimes prem's the only multiple feature on my projects like i have projects coming up it's only gonna be prem you know what i'm saying so that history has always been there but it's about what we combine our powers to do and then when we say we're going to be actual group and a duo it just seemed like now this record has a lot more like purpose and direction like we knew what we wanted to accomplish and we tried you know our best to set out to do that uh no i agree with everything there and also like the way that this project uh Zilla saying that makes a lot of sense and I do appreciate it. It's uh, it's also like there's growth. There's uh, uh, kind of making a definitive statement as to like, this is what happens when we get together and there's evolution of such sonically. Um, we had a more 
you know, if we had opened up the gates to getting production, we would have had a lot more like submissions, but we didn't, we didn't do a whole lot like that, but we did have a lot to choose from. It just so happened that Steel Tip Dove took the bull by the horns and just took over because he had the way, like he just had the, the production that was absolutely, it was absolutely right for, for this. And, and he knew it, we knew it immediately. It was undeniable. He kind of came with the undeniable pack, which he, we spoke about a little bit before, but like, um, yeah, it's like forging your sound, but growing up too, and making, you know, we had, we had more hands on, on this record than we did the first record because elusive was creating, uh, in his, um, creating and giving us, you know, it wasn't like we were together with dub, we were together. So yeah. interesting, obviously I'm not trying to say we have a classic album or anything like that, but like, it reminds me a little bit like, uh, a little hell on earth vibes where hell on earth mob deep yeah. took over sonically and made a way darker record and but as time went on i don't know you know i was old enough when that dropped but i wasn't old enough to like really know what was going on with hell on earth but it became my favorite record as time went on and because i think they put their stamp on their sound themselves mm. a little more and I think we kind of did with this too, because we were there saying, do this, do that at, at certain times with Dove. So I think we had more of a producer role on this record. Yeah, like like the leap that like Outcast made to Equimini or that um, uh, the Clips made on their second record. Like those yeah. type of, that's why I yeah. get the RTJ. Like it's like we're more, um, more you know, solidified in what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like first record was a lot of throwing bombs at the wall and see what you know what was left after the explosion. This this record we had, like I'm saying, like I, I keep bringing up, we had more more vision. I think that's crazy. It's actually crazy when you think about it. How many examples there are on hip hop of duos having that the second record be the one that's like really defines them or at least is like the most revered. I mean, tribe with Midnight Marauders. That's when they defined their sound. They were trying things out in people's instinctive travels. But mm -hmm. by the time, excuse me, excuse me, low end theory, when low end theory drop. Yeah. Then people were like, okay, this is, you know, they, for lack of a better term, this is that jazz hop. This is, you know, they were leaning into that way more. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And also, we were hands on. So our sound, we were still exploring our sound. Like we, we still work with a bunch of producers and stuff. But when we hone in on a project, I think this one was important that we had still to dub there from the ground up. Yeah. That was, that was the thing I found really interesting because, yeah, there's other producers here. Child Actor has uh, a few placements, Olaf Melander. Um, but Dove mm -hmm. was kind of the main the main engine musically. Uh, could yep, you describe yep. how you worked with the kind of like the sound you were going for? Because you said that you had more of that role. So like was what was the kind of, of like atmosphere you were trying to create with Dove on uh, Metal? That's Lander? a good question. You're the first person to ask us what our initial atmospheric choices were. Prem, you got that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we did touch on it when we mentioned the, the, the pack from Dove and, you know, the, the, the mythical pack that kind of set this whole thing in motion. Um, Dove had a, a, a firm hand in kind of setting the tone for the record. So when we got these songs, you know, um, Suicide King, I think Mescalito were two of the, the first ones and damn, what became Damn Alice. Mm. We're kind of all like, you know, that informed, I think, the main vein of the record. But now when we decided 
we needed some different sounds. That's when we reached out to Child Actor and, and specifically also Olaf because we wanted some more like kind of ethereal, sparse sounds. And we were both fans of, of their work. So uh, reaching out made sense. Castro had the line that was very, uh, you know, it worked really well. Picked up the, the two joints that became Ghost Kitchen and uh, Acid Vignette. And um, I think without those two songs, this record isn't nearly as good as as it could be, right? And Child Actor is obviously we have a, we have a sets the whole record off with Running Rebel Swordplay. That's a totally different chamber than anything Dove was doing. And then you have um, Obel and uh, uh, what's the other one he did? Tribe called Tribal Stress. And yeah, Tribal Stress. These, oh God, those those five songs are nothing like nothing like anything Dove was doing, and they're nothing like each other. So you have that's when I think. When I say we we took a little more reins, not only we were like, hey, yo, Dub, can you add this? Can you add that? Boom, boom, immediately. Dub is like, you know, he is a very um, amenable producer. He will not, you know, he has he his, his stance. We, he, he, he didn't take it like personal. Feeling, yeah, he didn't feel inferred on when we were saying bringing in yeah. other producers. Because um, yeah. so so to, to, to give Dub a lot of praise, like, so the first record done by Lucid, it was a lot of fans that were intrigued by that part of it. You know what I'm saying? That part of the shrapnel experience. So we definitely had some um, reservations. We had a, we had asked Lucid about getting some beats. He wasn't in his production chamber at the time. We'd asked other producers. So we were kind of worried. I know I was. Would people like our stuff sans Lucid production? Is mm. that why I'm here? You know what I'm saying? And especially with the um, fame that Armin Hammer has gotten as a collective and solo. So, so we were curious about that. So Dove came in there knowing he's like, all right, I got to go up against Lucid production. He even said it. You know what I'm saying? He knew that. So we, we first got the pack and we were able to find the sounds that we that were necessary to kick this thing off. And then there was a whole nother phase with Dove. We took back the pack and bumped up all of the, all of his submissions, changed some of the drums, enhanced certain things to our requests. And <laughs> I think that was him just saying like, you know what, I'm gonna put my fucking foot into this damn thing. And also, not every, producer's, not every producer is gonna take, hey, can you change your drums completely? Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but but we have that relationship with Dove, and Dove is also uh, definitely down with that. He's like, whatever services the record, you know, he's not gonna let his ego stand in the way of it. And you know that that was all also a big part of it. I think I think Dove was such a perfect kind of mastermind for the sound for this album because like his music generally and those the ones that you said specifically, Damn Alice, uh, Mescalito, and what was the Suicide third one? King. Suicide, yeah, Suicide those. King. Those are like perfectly kind of like describe the DNA of this album sonically because it has mm -hmm. like a bit of like some jazz. It's got this like futuristic psychedelia going on. And then, yeah, like mm -hmm. the other producers that joined in, they kind of add some extensions to that that are different, but they're kind of following the same trajectory, which I think was was beautiful. And I think Dove, one of the things I loved from his album, like his solo album, was that the way it sounds because of like his engineering mastering mixing background it's on another planet and metal lung just sounds like so big it's like such a movie kind of experience like especially on good speakers like that was like the biggest that's the biggest like the thing i think about the most about this album yeah, both dove and willie green it's like you know what i'm saying we got a portal mm. you listen to metal lung you're going in the portal that's what the cover's about that's what the artwork's about entering our blade city, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna hear things the way we want you to hear. And uh, and, and it's just a testament to the people we work with. Like we're, we're really as good as the company we keep, you know what I'm saying? And so we give them as much reverence as possible. We'll be green and tell folks. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And yep, if I yep. if I think of like the hook of uh, Cold Burn, uh, the beat of Night of the Living Analog, generally, I find there's a lot of moments on this album too that are very bold, like experimental. I know obviously the last album was very experimental, but there's something about this album that feels like ex- especially risky in some ways. And I wonder if the fact that the recent success of your last solo albums, the success of the shrapnel debut, did that give you like more juice to take some more risks or do you even not even see yourself as taking a lot of risks on this album? Um, I think it gave us, yeah. I mean, first of all, we want, we, we, we know we don't want to make the same record twice ever, no matter what. So that that's like first things first. Second, secondly, um, you know, we knew we're going to put this out on backwards. So we want to hold up our end, uh, you know, of the label, you know, we, we, you know, we, we think we're great contributors to their label and, and we think it's doing some of the most important music, you know, point blank. So we want to be there. We want to be at the forefront. So we want to hold up our end, meaning we're going to give you the best record we can. And the best record to me is always going to be taking some risks and taking some chances and see if maybe they land, maybe they don't. And sometimes they don't. And, I think we have a great quality control system that when they don't work, you're not going to hear it. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, the, it's not going to make it to green's not going to get it. So therefore it's not going to get mixed. Therefore it's never going to be heard. But with this record, especially like when you mentioned Cole burn, like that was a few takes, you know, a few different demos to make sure we got the right thing with Castro, a, a few recalls with green to make sure we had that, you know, that hook mixed. Right. And so you have a, the, the perfect mix of that with, um, the movements of beats doing and you know we want you to have that holy shit moment when you're walking with yeah. your buds on when you got the the rockets or whatever like we care a lot about fidelity right like there's anything that comes out on backwards like fidelity matters a lot and that's why willie green is our our guy um so you know i mean it, i'm glad you noticed that or at least observed that but yeah the risks are part of it you know definitely and when we were speaking on uh, purpose earlier, that part really resonated with me because that's something I really take away from this album. And you don't really need to look any further than the intro and outro. That is like the way this begins and ends is so cinematic, like those stampeding drums on the intro. And then I love the end, the, the outro too, because it like the title's Gravity Falls and it legitimately sounds like the beat is just like falling apart and i don't know if i'm maybe like imagining this but it sounds like the drums and the synths are getting more like muddy and distorted as the song progresses it's just like literally sounds like i can imagine you guys rapping and there's like like buildings falling like this album cover behind me it's just like buildings are like falling apart and it's like the end of the world um could you elaborate on like what you were trying to shoot for with those intro and outro tracks I'll, I'll do the, um, the intro. Yeah, 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 for sure. Print takes out. So um, with Running Rebel Swordplay, it was definitive that I was adamant about making that the first track on, on the album. That was not a universal decision. Um, Prem and Doug, they had their um, reservations about that, but it's just something about, and this is what just hearing the beat, we didn't even write anything to it. And I, I knew, I was like, yo, no, this needs to come on like, you know, hold on these drums and then it's changes in the drum patterns later. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna attack it. I'm gonna, you know, you know, I'm a, cause I, I knew what I was gonna write. I knew the, um, I knew the ferocity I was gonna write with when it came to that type of beat. So I was like, yo, this needs to be the setup. And then we had 
you have reputation, you have Ghostface face dark gearing. Like we, we start off our tracks. I said, so we start off our albums, um, Dope of the Poppy. You know, people don't even, you know, sometimes go back to that one. We start off our albums, you're not playing this shit. And so that was important for me in that track to get on there. And again, that wasn't the main producer. So that's why people were like, oh, y'all, well, you want to put that first? I was like, yeah, so that goes first. And when we got the mix of that, I was proving right. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine yeah. it starting with anything else. Yeah, that's a that's a mark of a good intro. Then you're like, how could you ever thought differently, you know? But like yeah. in the beginning, like possibilities are endless. You don't, you don't, you know, you have a lot of different ideas. Uh, Gravity Falls as a as an outro, I I became enamored with closing the record with that pretty early on. It wasn't on. the first ending track. It wasn't the first track that was supposed to end the record. No, no, but I I do think that was one of the last verses I wrote. So yeah. Um, that that I felt that I was in a really good spot. And a lot of people will tell you, like, you get it, if you want to get a feature from somebody, you should get them right after they're done writing, like writing a record. Because I mean, I, for some people, they're just writing records constantly. But like when you when you finish like a signature record, like that's when you are like, you're not tapped out, you're like tapped in, you're like, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're into something. So you should get that person in a studio like ASAP, whether or not they're, they're you know, they're willing. Uh, and uh, that's kind of where we're at. And like the way you say falls and it's falling is like exactly right to me. It's like almost like we're stepping through the city. And as we step, it's falling behind it's like us. Building, right? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like falling yeah. behind you. Yeah. the North Star shit, it would be a great video. Yeah. Yeah, it would. It would. It would. Great animated video. Yeah. Yeah. It would be crazy. Uh, so yeah, and then to me, uh, another thing that I know that Woods and Elusive take seriously, and them being two of the you know the two flagship artists on the label, essentially, um, you know whether it be Arm and Hammer or their solo records, is their their uh, their closers always hit, always oh, yeah. hit. Oh, so oh. you got to have a dope. You got to close the record strong. You got to and. And that I was like, well, I don't know if we're gonna be able to close harder than this. Yeah, you know, this is mm -hmm. where, also also where, also where the fuck where, where do you go? Where do you go from that? So why don't we just end it? Yeah. And then that's then that that led to me when we yeah because that's that is when we figured out that that was gonna be at the end. No, I knew it before it was gonna be the ending track, but something told me to get facts to scratch that piece. That world mm. piece, because uh, Prem is just going and going, and it just it reminded me of water just going, going, and they just there's no real end. That might not even be that real end of his verse. I might have cut it. I'm not even oh sure. Shit. Yeah, but it was just a, it was just that feeling of like if I wanted to, we can go on forever. So I don't even got an end piece. I didn't even write this to end. I wrote it to infinity. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I had him scratch that at the end. You know, and that's all. You know, we we wanted to mention it. You know, shout out Lord Lord Water. You know what I'm saying? And that was just like a testament to his type of style of just going on. Like a city block. A city block goes on forever until it's the water. What is it now? Check the rhyme ever when in doubt. We all gotta deal with that stress. We all gotta deal with that stress. Bless. Shed all the rage, trying to grab a piece. Light on my feet. Barry Sandalite, Flame Mary Jane. Fuck with Nefertiti. Eat your gula tail. No Lafleur delete. Dear John Osterman, letters used from my tag. V for vendettas. Rhino Tim's Tony Blundetto. Walk with a limp. Lie to the devil. Okay, well, I want to go transition to some Patreon questions. So, uh, shout out to the patrons of the show. If you want to yeah. submit questions for all these great guests we have on the show, you know what you got to do. 
Um, I'm going to start with this one from Jeff Ryan. Uh, I believe this question, honestly, I may have heard you guys, particularly Cash, I think I've heard you address this before. I don't know if it was when we spoke earlier on the show, but regardless, I think it's it's relevant for this album for sure. And that the fact is, is that Castro, other than one song, you're rapping first. You always are the first verse on the song. So why, what is the thinking behind organizing the verses like this to where Curly Castro is the first verse and then Prem follows? Well, one is it's, it's, it's a certain stylus of ours, but also it's kind of the byproduct of how we write. And I, um, um, I pretty much come up with a lot of the first verses. Like I'm usually the first one to come up with like the first salvos. And it's funny, the first record, it became a product of, uh, I had to leave. And so I was stuck in the booth, like Green would not let me out the booth. It's like, no, you're gonna record everything. So I recorded like nine songs in a row. And we kept all nine, all those things. I recorded Damn. like nine in a row. Well, and because of yeah. that, and then Prem had really more time, and he lived in New York at the time, he still does. And so he was able to stay and go second. So for this record, it became, again, more purpose. Like, I'm the pin. You know, you pull the pin and the grenade, and then um, and that's when everybody gets scared. But it doesn't matter, because then there's explosion, and that's Prem rap. And so it just seems like that's just the way um, our songs work well. Um, I don't mind being the lead-off cat. You know, that's um, that was my job at some old groups I was in. That was like like my job. My job was to set the thing off. And so I don't mind that. I like that. I like, you know, front. You know what I'm saying? Point man. You know what I mean? So it's 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 cool. I, I enjoy it. So I try to I try to um, um revel in it. I try to really take mm-hmm. that job seriously. You know, do, do as much damage first before before the real the real the me, real megaton come in and shit. You know. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I think it's like both both for the form and for the function of the song, right? And then also like yeah, a lot of times it was actually out of complete uh, convenience that Castro mm-hmm. had to go take that that train back. Or that bus back so let's get all his parts in even if it means i'm not going to be able to lay it in today then i'll just come back and do it again you know and that's like how we did both records in person so and a lot of times you're going to be like all right cool um well maybe we should rearrange some of these verses but it never it never felt like the right right move you know like ghost kitchen that felt right you know and you know it, it just feels right it would feel Diff- it would feel wrong if we did if we yeah, you were always that, first you know? on ghost kitchen even when we were, you were always first yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was always the idea <laughs> behind that so, so it's 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 very intentional okay okay interesting yeah. do you do you usually hear castro's verse at as you've before you're done writing your verse or is it just a matter of when you're laying it in the booth um there's been times where i i definitely have and it, certainly in this project that we're that you, none of no one's heard yet is I'm hearing his verses that I'm writing my verses, but okay. I would say where the first, the debut record we wrote almost together entirely. The second one was more, uh, yeah, I would hear some takes, but not all, not all. Mm-hmm. That was but also a product of COVID and stuff, but I just, yeah. but also I kind of write fast. So sometimes I will have like two or three yeah. joints, you know, just a, a but a lot of times, some of the shit I write don't make it to the end. It's just the way it kicks the yeah. song off, just to kick the mm. process off. So I will write a hook or a piece, and then yeah. we'll start the song, and then I'll scrap that and come back for something better. Yeah, yeah. For okay, sure, for sure. Another, another patron question I have is from Fat Man Tomb. 
he asks a very uh, important question, which is what is your relationship to the Jadakiss and Styles P Sour vs. Hayes video? And why did you decide to put that <laughs> clip on the album at the end of uh, Lazy Dog? That's all Castro. Well, and you can uh, tell him about you can tell him about the can you tell him about the argument you, or the the tug of war you got in with somebody else about this? No. Yeah, I can. I can. I can. Okay. I won't say name, but um. So yeah. So we were having a um. It was also like a function of the song. There was a um. Premier finishes verse, and there was a little awkward pause, and then there was it had more to do with the beat. What the beat there was kind of an awkward pause, and then they, and he then he waited, and then he came with the hook. So I was like, all right. Space in there, so my whole intention was just to have a beat change for that part to make it like a better, smooth thing. So even if we just didn't put anything over it, it still would sound better the way the beat would end on this verse, and then it would have a little space and then the hook. But then I was like, all right, so there's space in there. So we did a beat change, me and Dub did that. I kind of even did that when Prim was around. And then I said, I felt like a sample could go in there because I was just doing counting my head, and I don't even really remember how. I found that one to use, but I'm an avid smoker. Everybody knows, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a Dr. Green Thumb or whatever. So I don't know if I was looking up weed stuff or I was just, I think I found it on Twitter or something, just the end of it. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And um, Styles P and Jada being a duo within a trio and then their relationship, them going back and forth about certain um, weed types and then me and Prem being a duo in our relationship. And we've gone back and forth about other things. So I was like, oh, that seems like it fits. So then I started kind of chopping it up and moving around. Yeah, so Prem heard it after I'd already done. But I just felt it fit because one, I'm like, you know, console weed and uh, whatever. And then also kind of seemed like it would be like, so it's not specifically because Prem will spoke the way I do, but we wouldn't get in an argument about weed, but we get an argument like that about something. Mm. So it just seemed like it was just like our spiritual cousins in a sample pool and it fit, fit the song. Nice, nice. I hope that answered Patty Hearst Patreon. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I think I want to end it with this, which is a very simple question. What's your favorite song if you had to choose? Ooh. Just one. Just one. Oh man. I'm trying to think. So I just I just went through the record uh again. It felt new to me because I I'd left it alone for a long time. Um and I guess da, 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 da. I'm gonna go acid vignette. Yeah. Apologies, mm. apologies to uh, Dove and uh, and Child Actor for getting squeezed out. But this Olaf joint to me, and I'll tell you why. I, my favorite song might change next week, but uh, I never thought we would make a song like this. Um, yeah. You know, Donovan, Donovan Days and um, and all the binary other vocals on it. The binary market. Bin, bin, binary marketing. I knew I was going to butcher it, so I didn't say. Binary marketing show did a great job. Um, it's a it's a marriage of of styles and sounds and sonics and and genres that works really well. A lot of times they don't. Um, so I was happy that we were able to like really marry those sounds together and make a like a memorable song. And um, and I've seen it mentioned as some people's favorites, and that made me that made me happy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's a bit of a cut. Uh, you know, no won't be a single of any kind. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. All right, good choice. Um, well, I got two. I mean, I just, I really liked how Lazy Dog turned out. His Prince verse is amazing. And um, it's a banging dope, dope beat. And then we have a video for it. So I'm always going to like that track. But like, yep. I guess my yep. favorite would be like Cold Burn. 
mm-hmm. just to, um, it's the different iterations we had to go through to, to get it accomplished. The fact that it's a true story. Um, the fact that Dub went back and augmented the beat, people won't even know what he did, but he did go add more yeah. atmosphere to it, if you will. And so yeah. I'm just really um, happy with how that song came out. So that would be my favorite. Yeah, that's right definitely now. a highlight. I, if I had yeah. to choose, yeah, I'd say name? I'd say it's a tribe all stressed. Ooh, I actually right. I actually loved it. I love it. Like I still love it, obviously. But I also particularly when I first heard it, I was so convinced that this was an Arthur Russell sample. I'm not gonna sample mm. snitch. I also don't even know the sample, but I, I messaged child actor. I'm like, please tell me it's Arthur Russell. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, good to know. Because it sounds I know like I, I know I know where you're going with, with yeah, that. Yeah, thirty Russell hours. Thing. You listen to the way Kanye and they sampled yeah. thirty uh that a uh, Kareem Riggins and him when they made that beat. It sounds like a similar voice, but it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. such a warped beat. Reminds me kind of like uh the spelling beat in a way. I just love how it kind of comes in and out. Yeah. It pans yep. from left yeah. to right. That's like that um that root song um step into the realm. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And that's actually. That's, uh, I didn't even think of that, but that's a good. Yeah, that's a good really comparison. Dope. Yeah. So it's that's uh, suede, suede, and Sharif's uh, favorite joints. They told me. Oh, I that saw. that makes sense. They they love that yeah. psychedelia yeah. on that one. We want to hire. We want people to realize that we we kind of figuring out some hip hop psychedelia. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. that's rapper. You know what I'm saying? That psychedelia that you take a moment and a thought takes you on a path. You know what I'm saying? And you, might wind up outside. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We want you, we want you to get into all those pathways and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Take a minute Absolutely. And take action. Last thing then, like, is there anything you want to shout out? Any projects, activities, concerts? I hear you guys are coming to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we're gonna I'm, I'm uh hopefully this will be properly announced, but yeah, we'll be joining Woods for some shows. Uh keep an eye on that. Um us opening up for Woods and, and Mr. Mo Nichols will be certainly a experience and also a long time coming back to an original tour that happened in 2015 or so. Uh, my, how things have changed since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kicking it off with the, um, we got the release show. On yeah, oh, yeah, 2nd. yeah. So the re- release show, October 2nd, if you're listening, to you, if you're New York or anywhere in New York, we're bringing up uh, Infinity Knives and Brian Ennels. Oh, and, crazy. Um, a bunch of a bunch of guests that uh, I won't name. They'll just pop out, and you'll see them. Only way to know that is by the ticket. Um, and yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll be continuing working. Get that vinyl. Uh, it will sell out eventually. Uh, you don't want to be looking on Discogs next year. So. No sir, no sir. I got mine luckily. Oh yeah, we know Sedel Thread is sold out, but we might have some copies with us on the road. On on the road. Mm. And I've stashed a few, so keep that in okay. mind. Okay, well, uh, thank you for coming on. I'm really excited to see you guys in Toronto. That's that's gonna be amazing. Oh, yeah. Definitely wanna oh, yeah. definitely wanna say what's up. And yeah, just keep up the great work. This is this album's truly like definitely album beater contender. This is just phenomenal, blew my expectations that were high out of the water. So thank you. So great thank work. You. That's, that's, that's the backwood standard. Yeah, AOT yeah. W. AOT yeah. wise, that's all we that's all we put out. Yep. And yeah. keep doing your thing. It's it's good to see uh, you know your ascension. You know, it's dope. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right, man. Take care, guys. All right, guys. All right, yeah, yeah. I'll see you soon. Peace. 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 Later.
Get what you asked for, stamped on that kind of blue passport Trapped in a glass drawer, drafted to the class for Divided hope by a living wage, like what the fuck I learned math for Actually the road best travels past one Searching for a main source, end up looking out that back door Understand that's a trap at its core The snare clapped and land on the two and the four the ruins place inside the Rubik's cubicle just like the last Color coordinated, saw Rubik's Let's check off gun, more cubic's axe All you had to do was ask They sure move sideways like crap Whatever gets you ready for war MJ, Kenny So there we have it Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast Presented by QLC TV I hope this episode gave you some New perspectives and insights Into what the greatest art form Known to man in hip-hop music has to offer you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new rap music plug podcast patreon through this patreon you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes exclusive album recommendations exclusive playlists early access to episodes and more and above all though you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Steel to Dove, Kakoa, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Kian, Slumber Logic, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.